Hi, y'all. If you're anything like me, you're multi-passionate, you're overwhelmed by all your ideas, you have so many things you want to try, but you don't know where to start. You don't even know where to start finding your thing. Join Find Your Thing. This starts May 10th and will go on to June 5th and we'll journey together for four weeks, getting our things together, listing all the things we have inside of us to create art, to create movements, businesses, all the things that we want to create. And I'll set you up with a plan on how to do it. Now, there are only 15 slots available and this is a first come first serve basis. So be sure to secure your spot today at alishareneese.as.me slash find your thing. If you feel like you were made for more, but you don't know how to access it, if you feel like you don't know how to use the gifts you've been given, if you're unclear about what gifts you actually carry within you, or maybe you're clear but don't know how to use them, if you feel like you have a lot of ideas or talents or interests or hobbies and have little to no vision or a clear path of action, if you're looking for your next idea insight on ones you already have, or if you're looking for a community to help you figure it out, Join Your Thing is exactly for you. Listen, you're more talented, creative, and resourceful and equipped than you think. Let's come together and reveal the truths, passions, and gifts already in your heart to bring to life the dreams, to make a plan, create what makes you come alive, and better serve other people. Now, again, it starts May 10th, so time is running out. Spaces are already filling up. So if you want to sign up, sign up today, aliciarenice.as.me slash find your thing. One more time, that's aliciarenice.as.me forward slash find your thing. Or you can always check out the link in the description. Again, I am so excited to start this. I can't wait to journey with you and I hope to see you there. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to Black Girl Creative. My name is Alicia Renice and I am so happy that you are here. Blow you stay low. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. I see you. I celebrate you. You're doing amazing things. You're doing the best that you can. Okay. And that's amazing. So as always, this podcast is brought to you by the Black Girl Creative Collective, a free community where women come together, support one another. Right now we're in the middle of our, or actually we're on the final stretch of our 30 day creative challenge, but don't worry. There are more things coming in the collective. So feel free to join, bring a friend, and we'd be happy to have you. And as always, I want to start off this episode by shouting you all out. You all are the ones who make this podcast go round, so to speak, this world of Black Girl Creative go round. And I really want to shout you out for for being so supportive and being so kind. Um, yeah, sorry, y'all. The music was a little loud. <laughs> but yes, I really want to shout you out. So I'm going to start today off by reading a review. Yay. All right. So today's review comes from iTunes and it comes from Mimi Nava. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, She says, yesterday I felt so lost. I had feelings of not liking what I was doing. I don't like the videos I posted, how I present my brand and simply how I create my art. I've been creating art since I was 13. I've tried different niches and none of them felt natural. None of of them felt like home. Mm, That's good. I deleted all the work I didn't resonate with. And today I woke up and felt Felt like I mourned the loss of something, but I don't know what. Today, I was moved to listen to a podcast, but something that was therapeutic. I came here and was felt seen and heard. Sis, you're wonderful. I love your honesty and humanness. First of all, Mimi, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your kind and loving words. Thanks for the review. I appreciate you. Um, And listen, I get it. I totally understand. I think 
And, and, it, and it's okay to mourn. Like you're mourning the loss of what was, right? So even if you weren't really passionate about it or connected to it, it's still okay to mourn the loss of something that you created. You know what I mean? Like it's still valuable to you and it's still, even if it's not where you are right now, it was still important to your journey as a creative. So letting something go sometimes is not easy. Like don't be fooled. Like some people make it seem like it's easy. It's not. Sometimes letting stuff go, even when you know it's bad, even when you know it's not beneficial, even when you know that it has no good intentions for you and that's things and people like in practices and mindsets, it is a mourning process. Like you're mourning who you used to be. You're mourning um, what you thought you were doing or what you thought would work that didn't work out. So Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for being vulnerable. Um, I see you. I appreciate you. Again, you all make this podcast happen and you all sharing this with me means everything to me. Um, I'm glad that you were encouraged by this podcast. Um, let's talk. Join the collective. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Let's let's talk about where you want to go next. And um, speaking of that, um, I, of course, you've heard the ad about the find your thing. Um, if you're in a place of like just restarting or if you're in a place where, you know, you don't know where to go next or you're just kind of like starting over um, or you want to scrap everything too, like Mimi here, listen, find your thing is for you. Come out. It's it's you listen. <laughs> it's going to be an amazing experience. We're going to meet up together, share things with one another and really help each other work through our things so that we can create the things that actually matter to us, that actually mean something to us. So if you have it, if you have the capacity, feel free to join. The link is in the description. It's called Find Your Thing. And let's get started on today's episode. Yay. All right. So today I want to talk about something that has plagued me, using air quotes, for my whole life. You know, you're growing up and you're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And so when you're a kid, you only know what you know, right? You only know what's available to you. So if you see a firefighter, fighter, firefighter, if you see a firefighter, you're going to say, hmm, I want to be a firefighter or a teacher or a bus driver or a principal, whatever it is, you're only knowing what's available to you. But when you get older, it's like you're able to see more things. You're able to see more possibilities, more avenues for yourself. And so for me as a kid, I knew that I wanted to be a singer. Like I knew with my whole heart that I wanted to be a singer, songwriter. I wanted to be in Destiny's Child to be more specific. And um, at the time in elementary school, Destiny's Child, I think was just like just starting out, just popping off. And there were other girl groups before then, but Destiny's Child was like my thing where I was like, yes, I want to be this. I want other girls like to sing with and dance with. I would come up with choreography. I would come up with songs. I would take other lyrics to other songs and put my own melodies behind them. I was really into this thing. And so as a kid, you could really see that I was really going towards music. But then as I got older, like... I started writing. I started writing. I started making up stories. So before I even could put a pen to paper or a pencil to paper, because English is hard, I wrote stories with Barbies. I wrote stories with Barbies and with fingers and, you know, just making up things, having imaginary friends. This is writing. So even kids you see playing Barbies and trucks and all this other stuff, they're still writing. They're writing out narratives. They're writing out stories. So there's that. So I was singing. I was writing. Then as I got older, like in college, actually, this is before college, when I had the point and shoot cameras, the the Canon, I mean, the Canons, the Kodak cameras that you would take a picture and you would zip it, zip, zip, and then take another picture. I was infatuated with pictures. I loved being able to capture the people I love, the places I loved on film. And so while I didn't have a fancy camera, I still collected like a bunch of photos. Like I was a hoarder of a lot of photos. And so when I finally got my own point and shoot camera from I think Kodak too, um, like a very basic camera, I took pictures of everything, flowers, my friends, people, places, like all the things that I wanted to take pictures of. And then finally, my mother gave me a camera for Christmas. 
And um, it was like a basic Canon like T3 or something like that, a T3i for all my camera buffs out there. So it was very basic. It was really, it was like a starter camera, but I used that camera for years and I took pictures of everything, people, places, things again. So three of my main things became writing, photography, and music. Nothing I went to school for were my passions because I was told that you cannot monetize your passions. You can't really make a living off of it. So I went to school and I studied ASL, American Sign Language. And while it was great and all fun, it wasn't my passion. Like I was in class writing stories. I was in class making up songs. I was, you know, trying to take pictures in between classes. Like I was I was trying to do everything that was that I was passionate about between the work that I was supposed to to do. And so I realized it took me a while to graduate college. Like for all of you who are, you know, who've been here since the beginning, you know, it took me nine years to graduate college, nine years. And some of that had to do with depression. Some of that had to do with teachers because I won't even get into that. This evil teacher kept me back. After I graduated, it's a whole mess. Um, I am so glad that I don't have this teacher anymore and that she's not teaching anyone anymore, thank God, because she she hurt a lot of students. Um, but either way, she had me questioning whether or not I was good enough to go into this field. And so because I was questioning my worth, I wasn't confident. And because I wasn't confident, it showed in my grades and what I was supposed to do. So anyway, so I felt hopeless because I'm just like, well, I'm not going to succeed in this in ASL or interpreting, and I'm not going to succeed with my music or my writing or my photography. But the truth is I just never had permission from anyone to go for all three things. Because everywhere in the world, everybody's like, niche down, find your one thing, like be focused on this thing. And this kind of goes into um, what Mimi was talking about earlier. It's like, you know, we're forced as kids to really pick a niche when you really think about it. At 15, you should have a good working idea, you know, according to society. You should have a good idea of what you want to be for the rest of your life so that you can apply for the right colleges, study the right things so that you can, you know, put your life on a traje trajectory of what you think it should be. But we all know that at 15, you know nothing. You don't know anything. Who you are at 15 versus 30 versus 45, 50, 70, 90, 100 years old is completely different. We go through lives in phases, but this world teaches us that we have to pick one thing and stick with that one thing. And nothing felt more suffocating than having to pick one thing. I hated that idea. I hated the fact that I would never be able to be all the things because the world tells me I can only do one thing. I can only be one thing. The first thing someone asks you is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what do you do for a living? You know what I mean? And they want a concise answer. They want it to be concise. But to me, I hated that idea. I hated that idea that I would be trapped in to one thing for the rest of my life until I found out about multi-passionate people. So these are people, what the name suggests, who have multiple passions. So these are people who write and sing, who are hobbyists, who are professionals, who may have like two, three, four, five different you know, side hustles or streams of income. And every single one of them brings them joy because they're passionate about, about it. Even in artistry, people are told, oh, what is your one thing? What do you want to study in art school? And you, and it's sad because you would think in art school, they would be more open-minded to the fact that people can study more than one thing, but that's a whole other, you know, conversation about art school, which I don't necessarily believe in, but that's, I, I believe in getting instruction from people and help, but I don't believe in making art, you know, something gradable, making art, like you have to find one funnel, one thing and making art so expensive to access. Like it doesn't make sense to me, but either way, um, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, I didn't, I never resonated with pick one thing for the rest of your life. And so when I found these people who were talking about being multi-passionate, I'm like, oh my God, these are my people. Someone gets it. Someone understands that 
I might be working on a project one day, but I don't want to work on this project for the rest of my life, right? Or I might be studying music today, but in three months, I want to be studying photography. And then maybe that cycle changes. Even in my professional career, I have a season where I work on music. I have a season where I work on photos and I have a season where I write. And usually writing and music happens in the winter because nobody wants to go outside and take pictures. And during the summer and the warmer months, I take photos because everybody wants to come outside. Now, COVID has kind of flipped flipped it on its head. So I don't know, really know what season I'm in right now. I'm just kind of spiraling, um, trying to figure out what to do. Um, and I have more information coming on that soon. So I'm excited to share with you guys. Yay. So anyway, <laughs> back to the topic, being multi-passionate, there's nothing wrong with you. You might be multi-passionate if you feel like you're scatterbrained. If people tell you that you pick up one thing and don't finish it, or, um, you have multiple ideas and you feel overwhelmed. You might be multi-passionate if you have multiple interests that you want to, that you want to take take things into. So you don't really have one thing that's your thing. You have multiple things that are your thing. You might be multi-passionate if you're afraid to answer the question, what do you do for a living? Or what do you do? Or what are you interested in? Because you have so many ideas. And what I really find is that mul- most people are multi-passionate. Most people have multiple things they're interested in. Whether it is cryptocurrency or you know automobile repair, or it doesn't even have to be creative. Like it could really just be you have multiple interests in life. Maybe you want to be like in 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 my In my life, I want to live many lives. So I want to be a doula. I want to learn how to paint. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a guitarist. I want to be a songwriter. I want to be a writer. I want to be a photographer. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many things that I would love to do. I want to be a cook. I want to start my own cooking business. There are so many ideas that I have in my head that I'm so ashamed to share with other people because they will think that I'm scatterbrained or that I don't have it all together or that, you know, I'm a child. I need to figure it out. And so I think that's why the trap of school kind of messed me up. It messed me up because not only am I in debt, you know, for something that I'm not passionate about because of, because of, you know, the funnel that school is like, oh, well, you're graduating. You have to make a college. You have to, you know, get a job or, you know, like just, just this heavy stuff. Like we're not taught to take time and really taste test everything. And that's why this challenge that we did for April was so important because there are so many things that people want to try, but all they need is permission. That stuff that they want is still inside of them, but they need permission to say, it's okay to one, have multiple interests. It's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to taste test things. You don't have to monetize every single thing. You don't have to make everything a thing. Some things are just, you know, oh, I did this once and that's enough. You know what I mean? But we're not given that permission, especially not in school. No, not in school. In school, you need to have everything together, know exactly what you're doing and know what you want to do in 50 years so in order to retire well and to be well. But even for a lot of older people, I feel like even my mom, for example, she's coming to this realization that, you know, she's realizing that she likes cooking, cooking, making soap, <laughs> making soap, creating soap. And um, for her, she needed permission to be able to do that. She needed to, to give permission to herself, but also like to sell it, to market it, to put it out there. And so I'm helping her with that, with that journey. And I would love to help you as well if you want to. Um, shameless plug. But I'm really about women just getting started and not having not having an idea of what they want to do in the beginning, but really just having permission to play. And that's what the whole program about like find your thing is about. Um, So yeah, so just having permission to play, taste, test, try things, and really just really look inside yourself to see what things you were always interested in, in, but maybe you never had permission to pursue it. I hope that makes sense. So yes, for all my multi, multi-passionate people out there, I see you. Um, I'm, I'm going to do a series on being multi-passionate because I feel like some people just don't get it. Some people don't understand it. And I really want to be clear that I feel like, again, everybody's multi-passionate, but maybe the world taught you that you can only choose one thing. You can only do one thing, or you can only be good at one thing. And then also understanding that the different things, your different roles might play in it, right? So for example, you might want to teach, and then you realize you teach 
maybe you want to teach music, right? Some people just want to make music. Some people want to curate music. Some people want to um, want to ex- explore music, like research and and um, I'm stuttering again, y'all. Excuse me. Some people might want to research or interview other musicians. Like, so there are many roles that you can play with interest. And so I'm really excited to get into the series. I'm really excited to start this program, find your thing, because a lot of people need help finding their thing. And I would love to help them find their thing. And they, they may realize that it's more than one thing that they have. It's many things. And there's space for you to have many, many things. Now, how you go about pursuing those many things, that's that's what's important. Not that you have those interests, but that you give yourself enough time to play, to experiment, and to really take note of what you like, what you don't enjoy, and then tweak it based on those things. So there's nothing wrong with being multi-passionate. You are not scatterbrained. You are not you don't you don't have to be overwhelmed. What you have is a gift that some people don't have. Some people don't have the capacity to be open to the fact that they have multiple interests because it would really like break them down. It would ruin them. Like they would, they would really feel like, oh no, I'm lost. And you, my sister, you are not lost. You are not lost. You know exactly what you want to do. It's just about standing in that thing and owning it. It's about standing there and saying, yeah, I want to do this, but I also want to do X, Y, and Z. And I want to do this, this, and this, and this. I told y'all earlier, I want to learn how to sail. I want to sail from Miami to Bahamas at some point in my life. And maybe not tomorrow, maybe three years from now. But those interests I'm taking, I make, I'm taking seriously. And I want you to take your interests, your passions, your gifts, your wants, your desires. I want you to take yourself seriously. Like no one else is going to be able to validate your idea. You don't need their validation. You have these wants and these desires for a reason. You have to honor them. You have to honor them. It has to start with you because there will be people who like, girl, you all over the place. You don't know what you're doing, da, da, da. but you know exactly what you're doing. You know what you want to do. It's just about getting there that you might need help with. And that's totally fine. And that's totally okay because everybody starts at zero. Everybody starts at one. Everyone starts at the beginning. And so you are at the beginning of your multi-passionate journey, and that's okay. So for all my multi-passionate people out there, I see you, I understand you, I get it. Let's journey together so that we can really, one, give ourselves permission, firstly, to start and do the things and figure out what life we really want to live. Maybe you want to live a life where you're taste testing multiple things or doing multiple things. Maybe you don't want one specific job. Maybe you want like five different ones. Listen, variety is the spice of life, right? Like I hate when I have one job and like, that's all I do. I hate that. Like I need to do multiple things. I need to create multiple things. You know, I hate when people say, oh, you're the person who sings or you're the person who takes pictures or you're the person who writes. It's like, no, I'm the person who creates and I create multiple things. Um, But I understand that people want to put people in a box. It makes people feel easier. It makes people feel lighter. Um, It's less work that the brain has to do figuring out what a person does. If I can just say like, oh, this is the person who does that. This is the person who does that. But you know that you're more than a box. You're more than what a box can contain. And you're multifaceted. Again, you might be passionate about cooking, but you don't have to start a cooking business. It could just be that you want to cook for your friends. You could be passionate about making music or listening to music. You know what I mean? And you don't have to learn how to make it to appreciate it. So these are things that we really have to consider as multi-passionate people. And I want to try to keep these episodes semi-short so that they're digestible. So we'll get into more of that soon. But to all the multi-passionate people out there, I see you. If you're just discovering, oh snap, I am multi-passionate. Welcome. It is a beautiful life. It's awesome. It's amazing. 
And it's fun. Like, it's fun. We, we get to play. And when we, when we really stand in our truth and stand in community, we're able to support one another and appreciate the fact that we have multiple interests and we want to do multiple things in life. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it was enlightening. And for those of you who are not multi-passionate, it's still okay. I still see you. You're still amazing. If you know exactly what you want to do and you want to do this thing for the rest of your life, do that. That's awesome. That's amazing. That is a gift too. That is a quality that needs to be appreciated as well. But maybe even from listening to this episode, you find that you can be more kind, more understanding, um, more gracious with people who are multi-passionate. Stop being quick to judge them and say, oh, these people don't know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing. They just need permission to do the things and they need help carrying those projects out. And that's one thing that we're going to talk about in Find Your Thing and in other meetups that we're going to have. But yes, I hope this episode was helpful. Um, If you are listening to this on Friday the 23rd, on the 24th, we are having a meetup um, and it's called having big dreams, like how to have big dreams. And so we're going to touch on some of the things we talked about in this podcast and really like apply it and implement it in our own lives. But yeah, even if you can't make it out, I hope that you're enjoying this. I hope that you have a wonderful day. I hope that you're creating. I hope you feel free enough to be all of yourself. Don't feel like you have to cut off yourself to fit other people's narratives. No, stand in your truth, be yourself, own it. I'm a multi-passionate artist. I'm a multi-passionate creative organizer, whatever it is, you're multi-passionate, you're multifaceted, and there's nothing more beautiful. So until next time, you all keep loving yourselves, keep creating, and I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Bye-bye.